This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right. I know you're watching the Right Squad with Chris Plant, right? Great show. But did you take a peek at what was happening on CNN? Wow, I haven't seen anything that good since only Rosie O'Donnell. But I saw about seven or eight of those moments. Fantastic performance by Donald Trump at the CNN town hall. Uh, more on that in a little bit. CNN, huh? Well, you got to do it sometimes. But we've got something else very important. And we're going to start with the obscure, sorry, somewhat obscure country of Romania. Very fine history, but... What with Joe Biden? Why was he so obsessed with Romania? Well, a million reasons why he may have been obsessed with Romania. It has been established by the House Oversight Committee that $1 million came from a very shady person, very powerful person in Romania to the Biden family. It came from Romania. A million dollars to Hunter, to Hunter's uncle, Joe's brother, his girlfriend. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. This should be the number one or number two story in the world right now, and it's not. Why? Because it's Republicans. It's the House Oversight Committee, and they don't get any respect. This committee is great, by the way, chaired by James Comer. They are on fire. They are doing important work. They are doing the work that needs to be done. And this man is important. I know. They're not paying attention. Someday they will. We are right now. Take a look. While Vice President Biden was lecturing Romania on anti-corruption policies, in reality, he was a walking billboard for his son and family to collect money. Hunter Biden and his associates capitalized on a lucrative financial relationship with the Romanian national who was under investigation for and later convicted of corruption in Romania. The Bidens received over $1 million for the deal. And 16 of the 17 payments to their associates account that funneled the Biden's money occurred while Joe Biden was vice president. <laughs> this is big stuff. Roma I knew about China. Now, Romania. And yes, Joe did go to Romania in 2014 and lectured them about corruption. It's very interesting that Joe Biden goes to these countries that are you know, kind of sketchy a little bit in terms of handling corruption. Ukraine had a reputation as one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Um, Romania has struggled with that issue. And here comes Joe, huh? Talking a big game. Corruption is a cancer 
a cancer that eats away at a citizen's faith in democracy, diminishes the instinct for innovation and creativity. It saps the collective strength and resolve of a nation. Corruption is just another form of tyranny. Very high-sounding words that he doesn't mean. They just sound good, right, Joe? I do believe, and it looks like the Oversight Committee has established again, is a corrupt politician. I mean, why would he be getting all this money from Ukraine, from this character, this uh, notorious uh, corrupt oligarch in Romania, was sending millions of dollars to the Biden family associates, and then they tracked the money to Biden family members. No kidding. A lot of Biden family members. Okay, the list has gotten bigger. Listen to this. Joe Biden's brother's wife. Hunter Biden's girlfriend or Beau Biden's widow, however you want to write that. Hunter Biden's ex-wife. Hunter Biden's current wife. And three children of the president's son and the president's brother. So we're talking about a grandchild. That's odd. Most people that work hard every day's grandchild doesn't get a wire from a foreign national. Yeah, you're right about that, huh? Amazing. Hey, imagine if this were Adam Schiff and Chuck Schumer saying this stuff about a Republican. Wall-to-wall coverage. But they're kind of like almost lonely. <laughs> the, the room wasn't even full with uh, reporters. Nancy Mace standing there on the right. Republican of South Carolina. Now, uh, I'm not the biggest fan. You know, she voted to impeach Trump. But actually, it adds credibility to this committee. The committee already has credibility with me without her, but for those rhinos, whatever, I mean, she's basically a Trump hater and she's all over this. Take a look. When Jeremy ran for U.N. Security General, who did he turn to? It appears he turned to Hunter Biden. On June 16, 2016, Jeremy wrote to Hunter asking if he could meet with the vice president's national security advisor, Colin Call, related to the elections for U.N. Security General. The meeting appears to have happened because on July 2nd, 2016, Jeremy informed Hunter that my meeting, quote, with Colin did not last very long, but it, it didn't go too bad, I think. All right. It gets complicated. It gets convoluted. And she's going to acknowledge that. What did you just summarize there? Some prominent politician in Serbia, all right, is doing business with the Chinese, a, a, a firm that's also doing business with uh, the Biden uh, uh, folks, right? And somehow that man is put in touch with Hunter. Hunter puts him in touch with Vice President Biden's national security advisor because he thinks that will help him become UN security, uh, UN Secretary General. It's crazy stuff. It is complicated. It's weird, but they've documented it. It's happened. And uh, anyway, but it can get a little complicated. If it looks complicated and sounds complicated, it was intentionally made to be complicated so you could not follow the money not follow the money. And they're doing their best. And oh, by the way, all this money is coming into the Bidens. What do they do? What do they do for it? What is their skill? It's a great question. These people didn't come to Hunter Biden because he understood world politics or that he was experienced in it 
or that he understood Chinese businesses. They wanted him for the access his last name gave them. Access to the Chinese Communist Party they couldn't otherwise get. Makes total sense, doesn't it? It really does. Hunter and Joe, now some people are saying, well, none of this goes to Joe Biden. It goes to Hunter. It goes to uh, Joe Biden's brother. It goes to the grandchildren. You heard all those people. Byron Donalds, another superstar on the Oversight Committee. Check this out. The Biden family doesn't really have a business. There is no business structure around this family except politics. And since Joe Biden has spent decades in the Senate, served eight years as vice president, and is now president of the United States, and the family's getting money from various countries and foreign businesses through various shell companies and this web of LLCs. I mean, guys, you in the press, this is easy pickings. I'm giving you Pulitzer stuff here. Well, they're not interested uh, for the most part. And uh, the committee said $10 million they've documented so far. $10 million came to the Bidens through uh, from these countries that we, we really shouldn't be taking money from. Obviously, it's convoluted. Sometimes it can be dry. I know it might be more fun to talk about Dylan Mulvaney again, right? Complaining about that beer situation, which is horrendous. But, you know, you'd be surprised how much of the conservative media is even blowing off this story, right? And going full bore Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, that's old news. This is important, very important. And uh, look, Joe Biden is a flat out liar. Some of us have known that for a very, very long time. But this has been proven untrue without beyond a shadow of a doubt. And Donald Trump was on to him. This is the, the debate in the fall of 2020. I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe, and your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10 percent to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10 percent to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. You see Joe's reaction? Uh-huh. Who, me? Yeah. yeah. Him. Uh, Joe is not telling the truth here. And we know that, by the way, even Democrats, liberals, because... Well, Hunter Biden's lawyers have contradicted what Joe Biden's about to say. Check this out. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. <laughs> well, again, as I mentioned, Hunter Biden's lawyers said, oh, yeah, there was money, but it was good faith seed money. From a legitimate Chinese firm, as part of that joint Chinese venture, Hunter received his portion of good faith seed funds, all right, which he shared with his uncle. Of course, you would share it with your uncle and your girlfriend, Haley Biden. Uh, right. Sure. Now, Joe has been confronted about this because the stuff about China we knew, the stuff about Romania is uh, new. We knew that. Now this is new. But what did he say when confronted with this evidence about China? And his lawyers, hunters, already said they got the money. What did he do? Any reaction to how GOP's new memo about your family dealings, sir? Family dealings. Yes, you're um, revealing that. Um, Hunter Biden's business associate sent over a million dollars to three of your family members. Any reaction to that report? Not true. Do you have any reaction to the Russian jet that took down the U.S. drone? Not true. Not true. And he just kind of backs up. 
almost like he's retreating. Along the way, Hunter Biden got a great big fat diamond. They gave him a diamond. Was that good faith seed money? Got it from some Chinese oligarch. Why? They wanted influence inside our government. And they also want to, I believe, lessen our power, weaken the United States of America. Why was Joe Biden so obsessed with Ukraine, oh, by the way, one of the most corrupt countries in the world? And Joe insisted on going over there and meeting with the president all the way up until his very last week in office. And um, what did uh, he actually mean by this? I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. That's, that's when he's an ex-vice president bragging about this arrangement. Do you know, Joe, uh, Donald Trump saw this on television and just started asking questions about it. And they impeached him for it. He said that in a public forum. Donald Trump had every right to say, hey, President Z, is this true? Uh, Joe Biden's bragging about getting people fired in your country. Maybe you should look into it. He just said it on TV. Remember, that actually led to an impeachment. And this, the influencing an election by digging up dirt on Joe Biden. Take a look. President Trump stood outside the White House and called for foreign interference in the 2020 election. The president asked China to dig up dirt on former Vice President Joe Biden. The Trump administration withholding military aid from Ukraine. Uh, the Washington Post editorial board said they're trying to force them to help out with the election by digging up some sort of dirt on Joe Biden to help Donald Trump win re-election. Were they digging up dirt on Joe Biden in order to influence the 2020 election? Let's talk about that. All right. I mean, they're just putting it in the worst light possible. That sounds like politics. Oh, by the way, it's politics. Influencing an election, as in like trying to win an election. Everything a president does is done to enhance their prospects of re-election. Really, it's good for the country. It's also good for their prospects of re-election, right? Or if they're in their second term, their legacy. Anyway, this is dynamite stuff. It is complicated. It is a little bit convoluted, although not really. All right. From China to a shell company to some guy named Walker, a friend of the Bidens, and then to the Bidens. A million dollars usually, one third. What were they talking about today on all the news channels? George Santos. The one term, not even one term, he's been a congressman for, what, three months? Four months? The Republican, you know, he lied about going to college. He was on this show. Well, he's accused of all kinds of wrongdoing, money laundering, lying on federal forms. He claims he's innocent. But does that look worthy of all this attention? He's a, he's a freshman congressman. Why would they make such a big deal out of that? And even the conservative media, I'm sorry, I mean, take a look at uh, Fox News. Let's get right to it with Bill Malusian in Brownsville on what they're looking at now and could be very different 32 hours. All right. The border is a big issue. I know. And uh, it's a safe issue. A lot of people over there despise Donald Trump. So they think this somehow helps him, hurts Joe Biden. The border is an important issue, but so is this. So is this matter. Millions of dollars going to then Vice President Biden. I'm just glad the committee, we have a committee of responsible lawmakers looking into this. They deserve a lot of credit. And Joe Biden, when he took the oath of office as vice president, 
maybe $230,000 wasn't enough for him. Maybe a mansion that you get to live in when you're vice president. They call it the Naval Observatory. Was that not enough for him? Well, Joe Biden does have a lot of stuff and did have a lot of stuff, right? All kinds of cars and watches and homes and I don't know. Did he get that by making $230,000 a year as vice president, just saving his uh, saving his money? I don't think so. Joe has always complained about not having enough money. Oh, by the way, when he was a freshman senator, he said we can come to that point only when our annual salaries fully reflect the magnitude of our duties and responsibilities. You see that? He thinks the salaries should reflect the magnitude of what they do. They're handling trillion dollar budgets. So you shouldn't make just a couple of hundred thou, right? He wants many, many millions. And he's been talking like that since he was 30 years old. Back to the committee. As I saw them so responsibly handling this, uh, this issue, I thought, wouldn't it be great if we had a committee like that to look into January 6th? Like these people. I trust them. Uh, we don't have all the answers about January 6th. We don't know why... Those people were let in, encouraged, in fact, by this little cop waving them in so aggressively. We've seen this and will continue to show it. Why did that happen? Why did those police officers just stand there as the protesters came right on in? Next, please. What about when they just walked away? These three police officers, for no apparent reason, just walk away and let those protesters have at that door. And they start banging it like crazy, setting up the conditions for Ashley Babbitt to be shot and killed, which is about to happen in a matter of seconds. What else? Why was the horns guy escorted around by police? These are questions. Kevin McCarthy is afraid of the answers or doesn't want the hassle or is afraid of something. We need to know. Sicknick was alive when they told us he was dead. What is going on here? These are legitimate questions. We need the answers. We need a real committee to look at them, okay? And, um, oh, by the way, the news today, though, the big news, a million dollars from Romania went to the Biden family. I mean, now, some are saying, well, you can't trace it to Joe. Well, if I can trace this money to his brother and his son and his son's girlfriend and his son's new wife and his son's ex-wife, and uh, I think the ultimate target was actually Joe Biden. But that's just me and the committee and a lot of other smart people, actually. I'll be right back. All right. The border situation completely out of control and it's going to get worse tomorrow if Title 42 actually expires. I mean, we need Title 42. OK, yes, it was a it was for a health emergency. And I guess COVID is gone. But. Put your heads together in Washington and figure out a way to extend it. And if you can't, here's an idea, all right? And I think you can tie in public health and you can make this happen, all right? We all know fentanyl is everywhere and it's destroying lives, right? Have you seen these videos? Maybe you've seen them in your own life. I saw a guy, first time in my life, I actually saw somebody shooting up needle in the arm. I've seen it on TV. I know it happens. But there was a guy on the sidewalk with a needle in his arm. Um, this is this is an emergency. The fentanyl is coming into our country like crazy. And let's see the estimates. How much? How much? 800 pounds of fentanyl seized at the border since October of 2022. I think that's enough to kill North America like three times over. 
Is it just 800 pounds? Hmm. Anyway, um, look, isn't fentanyl a public health emergency? How about the, what do they call it? The HHS, the Department of Health and Human Services. That is a great big building with lots of bureaucrats, doctors, scientists, career officials, whatever. Uh, make some phone calls, come up with some paperwork and declare this a public health emergency. Call it code 92, come up with something. That would be creative and innovative, and that's not what the swamp does, does it? No. What do they do? They blame the previous administration, and nobody represents a swamp like Joe Biden, huh? Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. He's <laughs> talking about two young uh, kids who were killed by fentanyl, and... A mother had a real emotional response to this and got back to Joe Biden and Joe Biden laughed it off. Well, it wasn't my fault. It happened on the previous guy's watch. That's how he rolls. By the way, overall, now that we know the extent of uh, life under Joe Biden, I mean, the choice was so clear, wasn't it? Take a look at this. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Yeah. Mark my words. Yeah. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. You know what I call this? Good versus evil, actually. It's that stark, isn't it? Wow. And Donald Trump has to put up with uh, that lunatic E. Jean Carroll. I asked him a lot about it at that, uh, that town hall debate, which, oh, by the way, was an amazing event for Donald Trump. A uh, couple of things about this. Uh, e. Jean Carroll, who is a crazy person, oh, by the way, totally incredible, as in not credible, on all the morning shows, right, having, having a moment. This whole thing is a disgrace, funded by a billionaire Trump hater, Reed Hoffman. Okay, Reed Hoffman uh, put all kinds of money, paid the lawyers. He started LinkedIn. He also hates Trump. But listen to how he, uh, how he characterizes what he did. My team looked at it and thought that it was a, a that that uh, her voice should be heard. That because she was challenging someone who's so much more wealthy and powerful, it shouldn't be squashed. Providing that support was something that I was um, I felt very happy to do. You know, the press kind of made a, a big deal out of a secret. It's like, look, actually, in fact, most philanthropy in the world and most philanthropy I do, I don't like publish lists of it. I just do it. Philanthropy? No, that was an attempted political assassination. That won't work. And oh, by the way, this guy was so philanthropic, huh? philanthropic. He says he was being philanthropic, no kidding, when he went to go hang out with Jeffrey Epstein. Oh yeah, Reed Hoffman went to that little island, Lolita Island, Jeffrey Epstein's private lair. Uh, that individual, what was his name again? Hoffman, Reed Hoffman went there to party for an entire weekend. Mr. Hoffman, the LinkedIn co-founder, has apologized for his interactions with Epstein, including inviting him to, in 2015, to a dinner in Palo Alto with Silicon Valley leaders. 
Mr. Hoffman told the journal he only once, once visited Epstein's residence, Little St. James, I call it uh, Lolita Island, for an MIT fundraising trip. Yes, I'm sure that's what happened, an MIT fundraising trip. You know, there's something else about this phony lawsuit against Donald Trump. They pulled all kinds of strings to make it happen. I mean, they actually came up with a new law to make it happen. You never gave up. And it was that resiliency of spirit that we celebrate here today. So those who thought they got away with horrific crimes they committed, I just have one message. Your time is up. Your victims will see you in court and you will be brought to justice. Oh, you go, girl. So look, sexual assault is, uh, is a horrible thing and it's real and it happens. You see the giddy look on her face? You see, this is, we also know that there's such a thing called statute of limitations. We also know that there are grifters out there. We know there are people who try to settle scores at work and make millions of dollars, money that, you know, you never have to work again a day in your life. Gretchen Carlson, anybody? All right, so she signs this bill. No matter how long ago, you can sue somebody, right? Very hard to defend yourself, very, very hard. And it's so unfair, I think, to those accused and even to, to genuine victims of, especially to genuine victims of sexual violence. Anyway, this was all a sham. This was all a game. It was a warm-up to get Trump. And you know who victim number one was, really? Take a look. These 11 women were in a hostile and toxic work environment. And that we should believe women. And that what we have an obligation and a duty to do is to protect women in their workplace. She's talking about Governor Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, Andrew Cuomo. So this was like a test operation, I do believe. They wanted Cuomo out. He did very little for them. And at one point, I wanted Cuomo out. He totally mishandled uh, COVID. He told the hospital ship to turn around. He accepted $5 million for a book, a phony book, when he was still governor. I was calling for his resignation in 2020. However, he's no sexual predator, and that's what they made him out to be. All right? This was all a warm-up to somehow get Trump. Now, take a look at this. Is this a predator? These are the so-called survivors of sexual harassment by, by Andrew Cuomo. This is all documented in a report, in a totally ludicrous report. Now, you're about to see a moment of alleged sexual harassment that's actually in the report. I'll show you how. They say that this woman is a survivor. Watch what happens. There should be no reluctance. This is Dr. Elizabeth Dufort, who is in the appropriate PPE wear. Nice to see you, doctor. You make that gown look good. Head up a little bit. Head up. Close your eyes. Close my eyes. Why do I need to close my eyes? You can question the doctor. That's okay. Why do I need to close my eyes? For comfort. comfort. It might make you tear a little bit. Okay. If I fall asleep? <laughs> then we'll have you sit down. Head up a little bit. That's okay. it? Yeah. That's it? That's Nothing else? That's it. You just observed sexual harassment, according to the state attorney general. Oh, yeah. 
This is in the report. Take a look at this. The doctor felt uncomfortable. State entity employee number two was shocked that the governor had made such a comment on national television. Shocked. Uh, they also recalled state entity number two uh, concerned that the governor's comment would take away from the important public health service state entity employee number two was trying to perform. It's totally insane, but it was just a warm up. They were testing the waters, seeing if they could make something so stupid and so small, if they could get rid of a governor. If they could do that, maybe they could do it to a president. Stay with us. Eric Adams. Today, he's throwing more gasoline on racial fires. Oh, boy. They really want problems. We'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, it's Carson. Some big news. Former President Trump is urging you to get a copy of David Horowitz's new book. It's called The Final Battle. It's a number one bestseller. The Final Battle reveals a secret plan led by leftists and a new woke generation who want to destroy America, and we know it. Horowitz says they're in schools, our churches, even our military. The final battle explains how Joe Biden and the big media want to stop Trump and DeSantis before 2024. Horowitz even names the names of secret players behind it all. Newsmax calls final battle the book of the year. I've got a copy of it in my office. Mike Huckabee says he couldn't stop reading it. Get Final Battle in bookstores and check out the free offer and save $28. Just call 800-NEWSMAX, that's 800-NEWSMAX, or go to FinalBattle611.com to get your free copy today. So East Palestine, Ohio, remember that terrible train crash and the environmental calamity that I don't think is totally over. We had a very weak response from the federal government. The railroad didn't seem to be very good at all. Senator J.D. Vance, Republican, newly elected his first term, was on the scene, though, throughout the crisis. And he has a few ideas about what we can do next, what we should do next. Senator J.D. Vance, Republican of Ohio, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? I'm good, Greg. How you doing, man? Terrific. Hey, let's get to the uh, situation in East Palestine with the rails. You have an idea, you have a specific proposal, and I think you got some bipartisan, uh, bipartisan support. Yeah, that's right, Greg. We got a piece of legislation through the Commerce Committee today that basically says a couple of things. First of all, 
you can't go through our communities without telling us what's on the trains. A big issue in East Palestine, the firefighters had no idea that they were dealing with a chemical fire. You got to provide them proper notice. The second thing it does is increase the fines on these railways. If you're going to set off a chemical bomb in our communities, you've got to pay up for it. And I, and I think what's going on here, Greg, is this is a real divide between some of the old guard of the Republican Party and the new guard of the Republican Party. I look at what happened at a railway causing this problem in my home state, and I say, we need to do something to solve it, even if that means going to war with the rail lobby and going to war with some companies that have done some very bad things. It's really simple. Who do we stand for, the corporate lobby, or do we stand for our own voters? I stand for my own voters. All right, so the rail uh, industry probably not that crazy about some of this stuff. I did hear, maybe it was Governor Mike DeWine, maybe you talked about him, but the rail company is going to have to call the governor's office or call somebody in Ohio and let them know, hey, a train is coming in and it has such and such on it as the train enters Ohio. Is that practical? I mean, how, how, how is this actually going to take effect? How are you going to let the fire department know? And a lot of these fire departments are like volunteer. You know, they may not even be at the uh, at the office, at the garage. Yeah, Greg, so the, the, the train companies don't have to notify the governor. They've got to no notify the local first responders. And they actually already provide that notice for certain materials, for certain types of highly flammable or highly dangerous materials. They've got to provide that notice anyway, and they do it, and that system works pretty well. We're just saying if you're going to bring vinyl chloride or some of these toxic chemicals into these communities, you got to notify them about that stuff too. So it's actually not a significant change but it will enable the firefighters to know what they're dealing with in the first place. And that's an important thing, because what I heard in East Palestine, Greg, is that these guys were fighting a chemical explosion. They had no idea what they were dealing with. All right. So it makes a lot of sense. Uh, we'll see what happens. By the way, Trump likes this idea. He also likes you. He endorsed you. Overall, how are the people in East Palestine doing? You know, I had uh, Rick and Tammy Chai on the other night and uh, you know, they, 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 it doesn't look good for them. And uh, they talked about the water. The water is still no good. And uh, they actually need water from outside, bottled water. Uh, how are they doing there? You know, there's still a lot that we have to do. First of all, the cleanup is still not yet completed, Greg. So I've been hammering on this from the very beginning. But hopefully by mid-June, we should have all the toxic soil, all the toxic chemical out of East Palestine in the first place. That's why people are concerned about the water, by the way. It's because this still stuff is still in the soil. And so it, it has the potential to leach into the groundwater. But, but the big thing, Greg, that we're going to have to do for East Palestine is help people rebuild and give them confidence about their long-term health. It's a crazy thing, Greg, but when you ask the federal government, the, the, the CDC and other authorities, how do we monitor the long-term health of the residents of East Palestine? They have no idea. There's no capacity right now within the government to really do that. So we're going to have to fix that, too, because if you can't give people confidence that their kids and grandkids are safe living there, then you're never going to rebuild that community. So you are four months into your first term, and it was a long, tough uh, fight to get that Senate seat. You won. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, what's it like so far? What's what's the biggest surprise? Well, it's, it's, it's a great honor to serve, Greg. And I guess the biggest surprise is just that, you know, we've been able to do a lot uh, even if you don't get a piece of legislation passed, sometimes you can pressure people publicly. Sometimes you can get an administrative bureaucrat or a private company to actually be more responsive to the concerns of constituents. So I, I guess the thing that I've learned is the Senate is a great way to help the people of Ohio, so long as you're willing to use it in that way. And that's what I've been trying to do. That's what we'll keep trying to do. But man, it, it's an honor to serve. I, I wake up every single day and pinch myself as cynical as we can get about politics. It's a great to serve the people of Ohio. Yeah. As a United 
United States Senator. It's a big deal. And again, Trump endorsed. Hey, do me a favor. I've got to run this by you. Cincinnati Bell. It's a cable provider. You may have heard Newsmax. We've had our, uh, <laughs> our uh, issues with some of these guys. They canceled Newsmax. So in your debate uh, with your rival Republicans uh, during the primary, they carried it. They would not have been able to see it, you know, without Newsmax. Um, how do you feel about what they're doing? That's not good, Greg. It's not good at all. We, we can't have these corporations controlling free speech in our country. Uh, and look, Cincinnati Bell, their customers should decide whether they get to see Newsmax. This is not something that Cincinnati Bell should foist on uh, their customers and on the entire First Amendment debate in our country. You know this, Greg. I know this. Newsmax is a really important source of free speech. You guys tell stories that the corporate media isn't willing to tell. You allow debates that the corporate media isn't willing to host. That's why we need to have Newsmax available to everybody who wants it. That's what should drive this conversation. All right. So appreciate it. And uh, by the way, something else, uh, a great story that you told is Hillbilly Elegy, a memoir of a family and culture in crisis. It kind of changed the national conversation. We may have the book cover handy. And uh, if not, you can uh, you can see it on Netflix. If you don't want to read the book, Hillbilly, Hillbilly Elegy on, uh, on Netflix. Just very quickly, if you don't mind, that uh, it did really change the national conversation. Were you planning on doing that, or did you just think this was going to be a nice story to tell about 5,000 people who might buy the book? You know, I, I thought it would be a nice story to tell about my family and the broader community. I had no idea. Of course, the book changed my life. It, it I think, did, did influence the national conversation. But the message of the book is the message, I think, in a lot of ways of my Senate campaign. Uh, it, it's that we can't leave an entire generation of people behind. There are a lot of people who have been ignored by our leadership uh, there have been a lot of people who have suffered from some very bad decisions from American leadership. They deserve better. I hope to give it to them. But so many other people deserve more from their government than they're getting right now. It's, it's, it's very sad. Absolutely. Well, Senator Vance, personally, this is an opinion show. And I can say my opinion is I'm glad you're in the United States Senate. It's good for the country. Good luck. Stay in touch. And we'll be right back. Thanks, Greg. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Did she identify as transgender? She does uh, identify as transgender, yes. Is there any reason to believe that how she identifies is has any motive for targeting the school? I, we can give you that at a later time. There is uh, some theory to that. We're investigating all the leads, and once we know exactly, we'll let you know. All right, but they know, right? The transgender component to that horrible mass shooting at the school in Nashville, Tennessee, literal over a month ago. The transgender journey that she was on, uh, he was on, whatever, big, big part of that shooting and had a massive manifesto. Woo release it to the public. The authorities will not release it to the public. We're joined now by Jamin Michelle. She is the founder of Gays Against Groomers, a remarkable uh, voice in all of this. And Ali London, social media personality, author of Gender Madness. Ali actually went uh, gender, uh, had gender conversion and then said this is insanity and reversed it. Hey, Ali, uh, good to see you. Do me a favor. Give us a preview of your book, Gender Madness. It's so timely and it's coming out pretty soon. 
Well, you know, Greg, everybody is struggling with this concept of gender ideology right now. We're seeing schools indoctrinating kindergartners about changing their pronouns, about transitioning. We saw just the other day um, a school in Colorado is being sued by two parents um, for indoctrinating their children and signing these kids, sixth grade kids, up to an LGBT class where they were teaching them about transgenderism and rewarding them with toys and gifts if they came out as trans. So this is a real issue. And the book is discussing all of these issues and how we can come together as a society to try and fix this problem and protect kids and parental rights. All right. I'm sure it's available for pre-order, right? Yes, it's on Amazon right now. Excellent, excellent. Jamie and Michelle, they don't want us to see it. And that seems totally dishonest. Why are they so uh, defensive if this is such a righteous and beautiful thing? Right. Well, I think that they're trying to memory hold this very quickly. You know, they're trying to pretend it never happened. And I'm grateful to, uh, you know, Newsmax and yourself for making sure it stays in the public eye, because it's very important what 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 that manifesto says and the public deserves to see it. Uh, I think that they are trying to hide it and not release it because it is going to show that this trans ideology uh, is what radicalized her. Um, you know, we have the entire media, left wing politicians, celebrities, so on and so forth, saying that there is some sort of trans genocide taking place right now. When really the truth is, is that all of these laws coming out are just to protect children from irreversible harm. No child can consent. And it's a very reasonable position to take that children should just have, you know, wait until they're 18. But because they're being told that there's a trans genocide, it is truly radicalizing these militant trans activists. Uh, and it's leading to violence and, and slaughter, honestly. And so um, we're, we're not going to stop talking about the manifesto. And I appreciate that you guys aren't either. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Uh, Ali, uh, you're in the UK, actually. Uh, is it as crazy over there? Is the madness uh, global at this point? Well, of course, we do have gender ideology infiltrating our schools over here. We have Drag Queen Story Hour that's now been approved by the teachers union in the UK. So they've actually approved in a vote to bring drag queens into school to teach kids about pronouns and sex education, which is incredibly wrong. But, you know, I think what's going on in America is 10 times more extreme. Um, I'm blessed to be working with Jamie at Gays Against Groomers and also Fairness First, which is Caitlyn Jenner's organization to tackle these issues. Because in America, we're seeing very, very young children being indoctrinated. We're seeing these acts of violence motivated by gender ideology, yeah. like is the case with the Nashville shooter. And when are we going to see that manifesto, Greg? It's been over a month. The Texas shooter in Allen, their details were released within one day that they were a neo-Nazi, that they were on Russian forums. Yeah. When are we going to see this manifesto in Tennessee? We are going to buy your book, Gender Madness. And Jamie and Michelle, how can we help uh, Gays Against Groomers? How can we support? Thank you. Uh, yeah, we're totally independent nonprofit. Uh, so if, you're, if you'd like to help us with our fight to end the war on children, um, please visit our site at gazeagainstgroomers.com. You can learn more about us, follow us, and donate if you're able and it's, willing. It's an amazing thing. And I, I like, you know, unlikely allies or whatever. Some might think it's unlikely, but people coming together to protect children from all walks of life, it's great. Ali, thank you. Jamie, thank you. I'll be right back. Well, you may have seen this video by now, uh, a man subduing an individual who was hassling and threatening and uh, really getting out of control on a subway. So he was tackled. He was held down. Now, unfortunately, he died a short time later, and there may have been 
complicating medical issues. No one is pointing out that the guy had been arrested 44 times. All right. At one point, he reportedly punched a woman in the face and broke her face, broke bones in her face. This is being totally overlooked by the media. This aspect of the story. Uh, Jordan Neely, the man who is no longer with us. I wish everybody lived to be 100, but it doesn't work that way is being eulogized and glorified beyond all proportion. And take a look at our mayor, Eric Adams, right? <laughs> An opportunity like this, he won't pass by and he'll make it all about him. This has been a week of strong emotions in our city. One of our own is dead. A black man, black like me. A man named Jordan. The name I gave my son. These politicians, especially this one, total egomaniac and black like me. I don't know. I don't like it. And people die in New York. I'm sorry. It, it ha people are killed in New York every day. We don't look at it like one of our own. Sorry. It's just not reality. Donald Trump totally killed at the CNN town hall. He ate their breakfast, lunch and uh, dinner. When they went to the Capitol, and they were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows, injuring police officers. Why did you, why did it take you three hours to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. <laughs> so, so if you look at, on January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. Yeah, he said all those things. He went through it. It's a myth that he didn't do anything for three hours. They have so lied about January 6th. Anyway, it was a great performance. I didn't catch the whole thing. I will. I suggest you do the same. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Also, Tucker, how do you feel? Do you want Tucker at Newsmax? I guess this thing is still a possibility. Vote now. Text PICK, P-I-C-K, to 39747. I'm all for it. I consider him a buddy, and I think he'll uh, do right by me. Right? Right. Anyway, let us know. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow.